The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, I want to turn our attention back to the issue of inclusivity in sport when it comes to kids. And I've got this text from Sinead I want to read out. Kieran, I'm a coach of teenage girls and I never leave players on the sideline. Play is shared out between everyone. The preference for slightly more of the match is given to players who show up more to training. Every player, though, gets at least three quarters of a match. Some players only learn during matches. Players can only develop their skills properly by getting match play. So the poorer the player, actually, the more match time they might need. The damage done by being left in the sideline to a player's confidence is huge and not something that I could do to a teenager. It's my experience that a reasonably well-run team based on fairness brings the team closer. There are opportunities for players to play up occasionally. For those better players who want to develop their skills, we also welcome the occasional player up from lower ages or divisions. So says Sinead. John and Kilkenny, though, says, Kieran, I understand the disappointment that comes with not being selected. But what do you suggest coaches and parents whose kids are good and love the game just as much, but each week are disappointed and despondent because they lose week in, week out because the team has conceded goals because of the weaker players? Unfortunately, it's a sword that cuts each way. John, I don't think, as I said right throughout this discussion, that there is a simple solution. I would say, though, that if all teams are subscribing to the principle of inclusivity, then why would you be losing week in, week out? If everybody is rotating on and off the so-called stronger and weaker players, then everybody should be as competitive today as they were yesterday when they were just picking the best 15 and sticking with the best 15 at all times. But thank you for the text there. 53106. The reason this is complicated is why I am glad that Shane Keegan is with me. Shane is a Cove Ramblers manager and he's a Games Promotions Officer with Port Leash GAA as well. Uh, before I come to Shane though, I just want to remind people how all of this started here on the show. It started on Wednesday when we were joined by Mary who told us about her 13-year-old son. He loves Gaelic games but doesn't want to go back training this year. Why? Because he is on the sideline every single match day. Take a listen. I said to him last night that hurling training was starting back in a few weeks, just over dinner, a casual chat. And I said to him, you know, you know, are you going to be ready for it? And he just turned and he goes, Mom, I don't want to go back. And I just said, why? You know, I kept it quite casual. I said, why? And he said, because, he said, what is the point? He got quite annoyed. He got quite upset about it. He said, what is the point? What's the point of me wasting two evenings a week possibly three with matches and everything when they're just not going to let me play. He says, I'm not good enough. Yeah, that was Mary speaking to us on Wednesday with a huge reaction to that conversation, we talked about it right throughout Wednesday. We talked about it yesterday as well. We were joined on the show by a Minister of State with responsibility for sport, uh, Thomas Byrne, the new man in the job. And this is what he had to say. A kid who week in, week out at age 14 is not getting game time at all, in my opinion, that's a child welfare issue. And I mean, the, the children's officer, the welfare officer in the club should be looking at that in mm. that particular case. I, I cannot see how that's justified in any way. They're not, look, they're not going to be getting all the game time. They're not going to be getting equal game time, probably, at under 14s. I think we can live with that. Um, but there needs to be a certain amount of game time that they get. But can I say to that child and the mother as well that the training that you're doing it's really, really important as well because I, nobody knows at what stage you will develop but also what you're doing is you're developing your physical fitness uh, and working together with other people as well mm-hmm. and if we can solve the other problem then I think you'll have a very happy setup. Yeah, Minister Thomas Byrne who is with us as well. As I said, Shane Keegan is with me, Cove Ramblers Manager and Games Promotions Officer with Port Leash. Uh, G- Shane, uh, thanks so many for taking the time. I mean, when you listen to stories like Mary's and the other people who've been getting in touch with us, uh, it's hard 
Some people manage it, it seems, judging by the text. But it's hard, I think, not to feel really sorry for the kids here. Uh, it surely is, Kieran. There's no doubt about it. I was I, before the show had contacted me. I was driving along yesterday, and I was listening to it, and I, I found the whole conversation fascinating. And to be fair, you, you did a good picture of, of a, a, a good attempt at painting what a complicated picture it is. Um, and I suppose before looking at solutions to kind of to go backwards to come forwards, like to to defend the the, the volunteer coach of which I am am one of my own young fellas is eight this weekend so I'm I'm under eights hurling I'm under eights uh, soccer I'm I'm involved on, on on that front so I know all the the issues but to try and defend the, the the volunteer coach I suppose like you have to think about it this coach has maybe some outstandingly talented kids regardless of age group that he's trying to help fulfil their potential he's got other kids who. Honestly, he knows probably don't want to be there at all and are only there because mom and dad maybe have pushed him towards it. Yeah. He's got other he's got other kids who who absolutely love being there and really, really enjoy it, but maybe don't enjoy the competitiveness of the championship match day. And there are a lot of kids like that where mom and dad are arguing for, for them to be involved competitively on match day, but but the kid themselves actually loves training and, and, and loves being around their kids. But the thought of going on on match day when the game is hanging in the balance doesn't really appeal mm. to them. I think it's important that we acknowledge they exist. Um, and then on top of that, they've got parents who are, I suppose, somewhat naturally completely absorbed in their own child and, and not really looking at the overall team setup at all. And there's also parents who are ultra, ultra competitive. And in nine cases, nine times out of ten as well, Kieran, I think throw into the middle of all that that their own child is probably involved. So yeah. if there are, if if people can't have some understanding or some sort of sympathy <laughs> towards the uh, the predicament that a, a, a volunteer coach has, they are in a complicated situation. Kieran, there, there is, and and I'm glad you kind of pointed out all that. And then yeah, as well, you've got the 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 fact that as they go through the teenage years naturally like competition and competitiveness is important and it's important to teach them about winning and losing and there has to be a bit of disappointment that's part and parcel of sport if it wasn't there'd be no joy in sport if there wasn't disappointment so you've got all of these things uh, uh, feeding into it which makes it complicated and I suppose what I've learned if I've learned anything from listening to people over the last few days Shane is that there's probably not a simple solution, but at the same time, the solution can't be the same kids on the bench all the time. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I suppose, look here and again, as you said, there isn't a simple. And I suppose I, I'm just going to throw two things out there mm. that I, I think are, are it's important. I'm involved with with coach education at the moment, which is something I love. And and these are probably the two things that I try and get across the most, regardless of coaching techniques or teach them how to do a proper roll lift or any of those kind of things. To me, the two things that we need to, to hammer home are, first of all, is what is the environment that you are creating for the children that are involved in your team? Are, like, how does that child feel when they go home after a training day or after a match day? Do they feel good about themselves? Do they feel good about themselves? Have, have they enjoyed it? Have they enjoyed being in your presence have they enjoyed being part of your training session have they enjoyed being around their friends like if 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 we're not ticking that box well all the rest is absolutely pointless is absolutely pointless um and i think first and foremost i think you can have a child who is seeing limited or or not as much playing time as they would like in competitive matches 
But if they're made to feel important, if they're getting lots of praise in their training sessions, lots of direction as to how they can get better within their, their sessions, if they're made to feel important and, you know, just that they want to be there and that they're acknowledged, well, then I think they're a little bit more inclined to, you know, grin and bear how much match time they're getting. So I think creating that environment open communication with the child as much as you possibly can, giving them one-on-one feedback, um, you know, as much as you possibly can. Yeah, it, that, it's, 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 it's funny, isn't it? That seems to be absent an awful lot of the time in the situations that we're hearing about. If you had a team member in work who was, you know, not performing maybe to the same level as their colleagues, a line manager would sit down and talk to them about shortcomings and what they need to work on. The experience of a lot of these 13 and 14 year olds is that they go to training, they turn up at a match, they sit on the bench and there's never a conversation had with them. There's never a, well, this is what you could work on or why don't you, you know, put a bit of emphasis on this or hang around after training and I'll do ex- extra with you for a few minutes and, and that'll get you closer. None of that seems to happen. Absolutely, Kieran. I mean, we're we're kind of we go about it arse about face, really, in that we're putting the more time and the more communication and the more effort into the stronger kids, the ones who probably needed less. Now, I'm not saying obviously we don't turn a blind eye to them. It's brilliant when you come across a, a prodigious talent and you're involved in their development. It's a fantastic feeling when you see somebody going on to pull on a, a, a county jersey mm. or, or or fulfill their potential. But at least equal amount, if not more time needs to go to the kids at the under end of that spectrum absolutely has to and like i say a parent a parent might come to you with with a gripe about how much time they're getting on match day okay mm. but i i i bet you here nine times out of ten their gripe is more so about the overall treatment of their child within your setup i yeah. bet you if you're if you're if you're seen to pay love and care and attention and all the things we should be trying to do as a coach to that child in the training sessions and and doing everything you can to help them along like the chances of a parent in a situation like that coming to you after a game because their child only got on for the last five minutes is slim to none because yeah. they'll they'll see that you are trying to do the best you can by them but circumstances may be dictated on that day that you couldn't quite give them as much playing time as you wanted and how often have you run into parents on the other end of the spectrum, Shane? Because we, we heard from a lot of coaches who got in touch, they kind of felt maybe they were getting it in the neck a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, all these volunteer coaches uh, from Texters. And um, they were making the point, some of them, that actually they've been in situations where they, they actually wanted to bring on a player, but they were afraid of the parents on the sideline behind them because maybe the match was in the balance or it was a championship match. And they knew that the parents of the so-called better players would give them an earful if they were seen to weaken the team? Oh, listen, there's there's no doubt you'll see it every single weekend and I have complete empathy with them in, in, in that situation. Look, uh, I would draw the line, Kieran, at under 12. I think, I think anything below under 12 where we're prioritising winning or competition is absolute madness. Absolute. Mm. There's just no justification for it in, in my eyes. But I'm not airy-fairy enough then to go on and say, well, that should continue, that every child up to the age of 18 should say should see equal playing time. That's just not reality, Kieran. It absolutely cannot happen for, you've listed one of the reasons that it can't happen. The kid themselves, Kieran, will know. You could have, if you've got a 15-year-old kid 
and and we're in a county final or a county semi-final and the, the game is hanging in the balance and you look at your watch and it's 10 minutes to go oh and you know the rules dictate or, or my own principles dictate that this is the point where I take off John and I put on Billy knowing that John is is far far better than play, player than Billy Billy won't bloody well want to go on either I'm telling you he won't yeah. he'll be absolutely terrified of, of the concept of the idea of going onto the field and, and, and potentially losing the, the game when he himself knows that the player coming off the field is 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 a, a better player and gives his team a better chance to, to win the game but look I, I suppose the second point I'd make away from the environment is as, so this is the bit where I would come harder at coaches is yeah we definitely have to be more creative in terms of how we develop a games program. There, there's almost no team at underage level playing a competitive game weekend after weekend after weekend. So we've got, we've got a couple of different avenues you can go down. So on your weekends where you don't have a competitive game, well, make sure you arrange another game and make sure that every player who didn't start or who didn't see more than you know a third of the game in the competitive game, well, they played the full 60 minutes or the full, whatever the full playing time is. They get the absolute full game the following weekend in the practice match, in the cha- yeah. challenge match that you've organized. And tell them at the end of the competitive match, listen, you know, Mary, I'm really sorry that you know you only saw the tail end of that game or that we didn't get you on at all possibly. But listen, we have a game lined up next Saturday and you're going to see, you're going to play the, info- the entirety of that game. You're going to be on that yeah. field for the whole of that game. And I want to say, you're, you're improving greatly in training. I want to see in that match how well you're going and let's make a big push to try and get yourself back into yeah. the starting team for the competitive games. Well, listen, Shane, it's been really interesting talking to you and thanks a million for taking the time. Shane Keegan is Cove Ramblers manager, games promotions officer with Portleash uh, GAA. And- the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.